welcome to the Fast Forward Business Podcast. Today is the 15th of November 2021 and I am Justin Spencer-Young and today we are talking about ESCOM. The title of today's podcast is The Scary Prospect of ESCOM's Off-Balance Sheet Debt. I'll be honest, when I said ESCOM, what was the first thing that came to mind? Well, I'm pretty sure you started thinking about load shedding or blackouts or whatever other derogatory name you have for them. You know, it was in January 2008 when we first heard that word load shedding. We were told that the lack of investment in generation capacity and the lack of maintenance of existing assets was the reason for this load shedding requirement that would only be a couple of years. Rumors also surfaced about how management had chosen to cut back on maintenance of critical equipment so that they could hit certain profit targets. So that's just a way of reducing priority expenditure to make profits to pay bonuses. Clearly this is a system that has some very distorted incentives. And here we are, 13 years later, and massive capital investment in generation capacity has effectively been made in the form of Madupi and Kusile. However, there's been excessive overruns and time delays and you name it, the worst possible project management of those projects. And recently, the media has been paying attention to the amount of debt on the balance sheet of ESCOM. And most of that debt has been taken on to fund the CapEx. In 2008, Eskom had 120 billion rand in assets. The capital structure was very close to 50-50, half debt, half equity, if you want. And this capital structure would be considered acceptable for an electrical utility company. Nothing too exceptional here. They've got continuous revenue flows from the use of uh, their product and more than enough income to pay the the debt costs. In 2021, Eskom had 700 billion in assets. The capital structure is 68% debt and 32% equity. The long-term debt is more than double the amount of equity. Only a company with a debt guarantee backed by state treasury could trade in such a fragile position. One might argue that this is all necessary to build the electrical infrastructure that South Africa needed. Any other business would have required significant equity contributions to be able to ensure acceptable capital structures. Debt guarantees by the state could be seen as quasi-equity if not for the interest expense that comes with that debt. The good news is that there's been a minor improvement in the amount of debt held in Eskom. It seems like Andre Dureta has been able to free up some cash flows to ease the burden, although it's only a minor improvement. Eskom cannot take on more debt, but it's found a way around this problem. So recently I was back live in the classroom teaching a finance program at Gibbs and there happened to be a student in the class who 
was part of a business that was supplying major capital equipment to Eskom. And it was interesting to hear about how they were structuring the funding. So Eskom has been putting pressure on its suppliers to take on the debt on behalf of Eskom. Eskom is targeting suppliers that are providing equipment for infrastructure maintenance and upgrades. And these projects have long-term programs that require installation and commissioning by suppliers of the equipment. Usually payment for equipment would be made when it arrives on site and progress milestones would be set for installation and commissioning. So that is capital equipment is paid for upfront and labor is paid for on completion milestones. Eskom wants to pay for the capital equipment and the labor based on a single completion milestone by their suppliers. In other words, the supplier must fund the project and build the cost of funding into the price of payment on completion. So what this is, is a complete shift of the funding and risk burden onto the supplier to raise the funding, fund the capital investment, do the full installation, and at the end, provide a price which Eskom pays. So this means debt funding actually sits on the supplier's balance sheet for the duration of the project. The supplier also takes on the debt and the equipment ownership risk until the end of the project. This is the definition of off-balance sheet debt funding. As an outsider, you can't see these contingent liabilities on Eskom's balance sheet. They are hiding it. This will likely show up as more expensive maintenance projects rather than more debt and increased interest charges. The problem is it doesn't resolve the fact that Eskom makes a loss of 18 billion Rand. In fact, it makes it worse. When a company gets desperate to circumvent the mechanics of the balance sheet to hide the debt funding and is making a loss, and is relying on quasi-government debt guarantees in order to survive, we know things are desperate. More recently, Andre Dureta, the CEO, has asked for maintenance budgets from the state to be able to fix critical equipment, and that has been denied to him. Add to this that the private sector is just ready and waiting to invest as independent power providers provided that the guarantees of takeoff from Eskom in some sort of rational agreement are completed. But government is stalling on this as well. It seems as though they are trying to do whatever they can to stall Eskom from returning or making any sort of agreement to return power supply to some sort of normal functioning zone, whatever that is. I suspect in time this will emerge in certain ways because the suppliers won't let this go forever. They can't afford it. They can't structure their balance sheets and take the risk. And the shareholders of those companies will eventually say, we won't deal with ESCOM under these circumstances. And they will have no suppliers. So ultimately, this will come home to roost. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the far post.